0: Hey everyone, welcome to the Pain-Free Golf Performance Podcast, a podcast dedicated towards helping you stay healthy so you can stay on the golf course and not in the clubhouse. We will be covering all things golf, from fitness, performance, injury recovery, instruction, and everything else in between. I am your host, Dr. Russ Metalastis. I am a board-certified sports physical therapist and strength coach based out of Rochester, New York. Our goal with this podcast is to help you play your best golf yet while doing so without limitations. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. All right, everyone, welcome back to the Pain-Free Golf Performance Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Russ. Today, we are joined by Lisa Scali. Lisa is the assistant PGA professional at Oak Hill Country Club and also the director of junior golf there. Lisa, welcome to the show. Oh, thanks for having me. So, Lisa, uh, why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about your background story in terms of maybe where you went to school, uh, your education, and ultimately your journey before coming to Oak Hill?
1: Well, I'm originally from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and I moved up here about nine years ago. Um, I am a second-generation golf professional, and um, my father actually played uh, three majors at Oak Hill. Oh, no way. Yes, he did. He played um, 18 U.S. Opens and 23 PGA Championships in in total. So he was a great player and one of the top 100 teachers in in the country. That's so great. I was very fortunate to um, be raised in the golf business. Sure. So he started back in 1954. He started, and this is old, this is old school. Okay. <laughs> he started with a three, three to four T driving range. And back then we, our business is right by greater Pittsburgh airport. Okay. So literally you feel like you can actually hit a golf ball into the planes. <laughs> um, so he just bought you know, acre acre back then was a hundred dollars an acre.
0: Oh my gosh!
1: So, so the, the property is like a hundred acres on a hundred yep. acres. So we started with a three forty driving range, and now today it's a two hundred and fifty t driving range. Oh my goodness! Double decker, and we have a pitch and putt course, a par three course, a miniature course, batting cages, and we re- recently just sold our indoor ice arena.
0: Oh my goodness!
1: So over the years, this is this is what we created. So yeah, I that's great. Lived right on the property. So I always have loved the game. My father yeah. did a great job of teaching me how to love it. And sure. So I'm I'm lucky. I turned. Well, I went to University of South Carolina on a golf scholarship, and then 1985, I turned uh, in in January. I golf, turned pro. Nice. And played uh, tour golf for seven years, and. I have you know going back and forth to Florida for fourteen winters, doing you know playing, and then I was a golf professional at broken sound. Okay, had teaching professionals there, and then I I'm here. I end up I when I came up here, I worked at Locust Hill Country Club for three years. Yeah, and then um, this is my sixth year at Oak Hill.
0: That is a great background story. And it sounds like you, you know, golf was uh, seemed to be in your destiny just based on how the things went there, it sounds like.
1: Yes, yes. I'm one of six. So there's two of us that are golf professionals. And the other four do, we're all 10 and under handicappers. So it is fun <laughs> to get
0: together. I'm sure. <laughs> sounds a yeah. little competitive, too. Of course it is. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. So maybe kind of tell us a little bit about your, your, your playing days on, on the tour there. You know, it was, you know, I'm sure, you know, looking back at it, you know, and I always like to kind of look at it from the lens of, let's say, a strength conditioning coach or, you know, like fitness and like, you know, how was how was the landscape back then with regards to some of the stuff that now is very, very apparent? You look at the tour now and you see that every uh, PGA LPGA player has a team around them, like a strength coach, a, a, a rehab person, a, you know, a putting coach, you know, was that, was it like that when you were playing or was it pretty, pretty, pretty streamlined with regards to that stuff? It was pretty streamlined. However, when I was
1: in college, we worked, we had a strength coach, so we worked out six days a week. That's great. So we were up, we were up at five, you know, we hit the gym at six and then we had early classes. Sure. Um, so fitness was like, I guess I was taught that because yeah. my, my father was big in sure. that he, he boxed in the Navy. So yeah. I, I, it was very natural for me. So yeah. I really embraced it. Right. So we did like back then, like you would be surprised. Like we, we worked out six days a week. Now on tour, it wasn't that much, Sure, you know, it, it wasn't, really nothing much at all we had nothing yeah
0: yeah Yeah. and you know it's funny when you kind of hear what people do at the collegiate level and then what they potentially do on the uh, on the professional level it definitely changes and you know i think a lot of times you know athletes when they look at the the top level you know they think that you know again they should be doing everything that maybe they were doing in college and, and things just have a tendency to change a little bit. Right. So, you know, I think the fact that you were training six days a week at, at South Carolina, like that's awesome because you know, I think fitness can go a long way or just, you know, basic, you know, lifestyle habits, things like that, that can go a long way in keeping you playing the sports that you want to play, especially a game like golf, where, you know, you can play golf for for an extended amount of time, you know, that, that can span the lifespan there. So you know, the the more healthy you are, the more likely you are to be able to play at a high level for a lo- very long time.
1: Yeah, because this is a life sport.
0: Yeah. So
1: if you can keep your core fairly strong, Great. and um, I've been fortunate enough to to even work with disability people that have lost limbs, and and just to be able to work around anybody's you know misgivings physically.
0: Yeah. It, it's been really worthwhile. That's really cool, and I think that's well said too because. Just because there are maybe some physical limitations that people have doesn't necessarily mean that you can't figure out a plan for them to still play the game that they want to play, right? I think that that becomes really apparent. I think that that's the, a sign of a good coach is trying to figure out how best to get them there, you know?
1: Correct. Absolutely. Everybody doesn't swing the same.
0: Absolutely. yeah. And again, if you try and do that, you almost do them a disservice at that point in time, right? Yeah, cuz it's supposed to be easy. It's supposed to be fun, right? Right. Right. Let's let's highlight that again, right? It's supposed to be fun as much as as much as we we love the game and as much as it can be frustrating. We do it because we love the game and we want to have fun at the same time, right? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> we, Absolutely. We got to constantly keep we got to constantly tell ourselves that sometimes, right?
1: <laughs> well, you know, I always say this. I say If Titleist isn't paying your electric bill, I think you're okay. All
0: right. Tell yourself. That's a a great statement. So, Lisa, tell us, you know, I know you're the director of junior golf at Oak Hill, and maybe kind of tell us a little bit more about the junior golf program at Oak Hill Country Club and how it's set up and, you know, kind of what you do uh, with your juniors and how that kind of is run. So
1: when I first first, uh, came to Oak Hill, they only had 23 kids in their program. And we are um, now up to close to 98 kids. Oh, wow. And so that's been a wonderful thing. It's been well embraced. I guess what helps is that I'm a mother of six. Sure. And uh, So I don't think that has hurt. So so our program, we take care of kids basically from four years old up to 17. And uh, we have a diverse amount of programs now. With this COVID, yeah. I actually had a, a meeting with our director of golf, Jeff Yeah, yeah. and we, had, we have to revamp what we're doing. Sure. So we have after-school programs in the spring, after-school programs in the fall. We have play days. We have, um, you know, we, we meet one or two days a week. So yeah. that's been great. But now what we're going to do is we're going to do more like, a junior golf squad where we're going to get four to five kids in a squad so they either can pick their squad yes. so their peers you know and then we'll have a certain time so we'll be meeting three days a week instruction and one day of play great i also introduced the PGA junior league last year
0: nice yeah
1: we we, we hosted uh, the PGA, the Senior PGA. Yes. And um, we had never participated in it. I've always, I've been wanting to do this for years, and so we finally uh, committed to doing it. Great. And it was spectacular. I mean, I, the parents that got involved with their children, it changed. It changed their little their little souls had had changed because the parents really got involved,
0: which is sure. sure. Was, That's yeah. great. So we
1: do a lot of travel. We have a big travel team. We travel to, we go to country club, we go to Congressional. Nice. We go to uh, Baltimore Country Club. We go to uh, Aronamink. And we go to Philadelphia Cricket Club. So And and Monroe is involved. So there's six clubs that we do a travel team with too. Very cool. Yeah. So awesome. yeah, I kind of try to hit everything.
0: Yeah, and the fact that, you know, you've been at Oak Hill now six years and the fact that it's grown to where it is, I mean, that's, that's great. Because, you know, I think the, the more you can kind of get kids involved in a sport like this and they kind of gravitate towards that, then you can kind of really harness that that energy that they have, right, especially at a very young age and oh, yeah. uh, really kind of really harness what what I think could be great a great sport for them. Absolutely. Lifetime, right? Absolutely. So, you know, tell us, you know, maybe some of the main focuses, you know, obviously, when you're when you're dealing with, you know, maybe some of the, the kids on the younger side, uh, compared to, let's say, the 17 the year olds, you know, what are some of the main focuses that you try and emphasize when working with some of these junior golfers that you have?
1: Well, one of the things that you know we're, we're really what I really like to focus on is obstacle courses, believe it or not, obstacle courses, agility, coordination. Is yeah. such a big part of what we have to do, yep. especially like after school programs. When these kids have been cooped up for seven hours in a classroom, like our, you know, we spend a good, you know, 25 minutes. So we have an hour and a half with them. Sure. So we spend half an hour just kind of letting them, you know, you know, do a, you know, um, uh, obstacle course, um, coordination, and they yeah. love it. Yeah, and they open up. There's no pressure. Yep. I do a lot of, you know, I'm big on etiquette, fun, basic fundamentals. Yeah. And if you have a good foundation for these kids, they don't really have to revamp their swings. Sure, sure. Down the road, right? They can have a really a really nice game. Yeah. So those are the and a lot of fun activities. Yep. Not just with other things, but in golf. I mean, the one. The one activity that these kids absolutely love, no matter if they're 16, 17, or four, even I have members stopping by saying, why are we doing this? <laughs> it's called, it's called um, closest to the line. So you just, you make a line on, on a putting green yep. and you have two sides and they line up, and whoever gets, um, whoever's the furthest away gets kicked out. Nice. So Then you switch sides, and you just keep going, and they absolutely love it. So (laughs) fun games like that is, I think, is key.
0: Yeah, so, you know, when you look at it from a a, a training standpoint or even just a rehab standpoint, we have a a model. It's called the Long-Term Athletic Development Model where, you know, when you're dealing with kids that young, you want them to focus on being athletic, you know, because I think if you can enhance their ability to be athletic – then I think the sport of golf will come a little bit more natural to them. Right. And, you know, the emphasis is on fun when it, when you talk about fundamentals, right? You know, you yes. want kids, you want kids to, to enjoy and understand how to move and move well. So that when you put a golf club in their hand, it hopefully just kind of comes natural to them. And I think you, you know, basing, you know, let's say if you spend an hour and a half with them and 30 minutes of it is devoted to having fun, you know, those are some things that they'll really, really, truly cherish so that, They'll keep having them wanting to come back each and every time, and that I think that's really cool.
1: It it is it is the most important, and even even with the golf club. I mean, I have, I mean, my area. I have noodles. I have like I have all kinds of such fun stuff. <laughs> over the noodle, under the noodle. Yeah. I mean, we we do a little miniature course on the green. So there's so many things that you can that you can do, and they don't even
0: know that they're learning. Right. 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 Yeah, when when they're when they're so engrossed in it and that they're not even really understanding that you're teaching them, and they're while they're just having fun, I mean, I think that's a good sign that you're doing the right job. That's for sure. Yeah, that's yeah, great. So, yeah. so you know, let's let's maybe kind of talk on the flip side there, Lisa. You know, when you're ultimately looking also too at junior golfers, you know, what are some things that maybe you see junior golfers struggle with on on the other on the flip side there?
1: I, you know. It's such an individual sport. Yeah. So I really think that they put so much pressure on themselves to perform at perfection.
0: Sure. And
1: it is, you know, it's a life sport. It's, it's more, you know, uh, you know, it's more failure that you need to like, it's okay. Yeah. It's okay to, you know, let's, we'll just have to keep, you know, keep trying, but it's, it's okay. And that's, I think that's the hardest thing. Yeah. Is the you know, expectation in in anybody. Yeah. Like that was the one thing when I played tour golf and as I got a little older, that was the one thing that I can say that I had that I had to deal with was expectation.
0: Yeah. Sure. Does that
1: make any sense? Like cause yeah. you when you practice and you work hard, you're you have that club in your hand from sun up to sundown, and you're eating and breathing golf. And then you you have a poor performance, yeah, like that was expectation, so if you can manage your expectation of saying, "You know what, All I teach these kids it's one shot at a time, don't look ahead, don't
0: look yep. back, yep,
1: and you know what isn't that like a life isn't that like a life lesson <laughs> right
0: right right yeah, yeah, take you know you, you, I think a lot of times too when we when we talk to young golfers, and I think you're right, I think. A lot of whether it's golf or any other sport, I think a lot of kids nowadays and whether that's just, you know, how we are, you know, how kids are being brought up in society nowadays. I mean, kids just struggle with the pressure. You know, they want to be perfect all the time. They want to not make mistakes. And unfortunately, we make mistakes all the time. I make them daily. Right. And it's a matter of figuring out, well, then how can you learn from the mistakes so that ultimately you put yourself in a position to learn from it, and then hopefully grow with it, you know, and, and you know, I think that's an important, that's an important trait for a kid, you know, where if you're teaching them, listen, not every shot has to be perfect, how to manage your shots and how to do all these different things. There's a lot of aspects to golf that you can teach these kids and hopefully they learn from it. They might not learn from it in the moment, but maybe they come back to that and say, Hey, listen, I remember, you know, this time when I had this struggle and now I know what to do that hopefully allows them to progress in the sport, which is really, really cool too.
1: Very. It's it's so true. You know, um, they want to learn so much. I'm really big on one thing at a time. Yeah. I teach one thing at a time. So yeah. if you can get that one thing down, that's that's it. You're yeah. done. Let's yeah. work on another thing. Instead of working on five different things, right. you know, and everybody wants to achieve this goal, at such a quick pace, they yep. have to remember it's a long road. It's a marathon, great. right? Great. Yep. So if you could just work on one, th- I always say one thing a year. And yep. I, 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 have to say, you know, my, I, all of my children play, but my one daughter, you know, who's 20, yep. you know, playing um, D1 golf. You know, she was a great basketball player. Like she, if she, you know, if she was. Bigger and taller, and you know, she would have loved to play. Um, she and she could have played D two or D three golf or yeah. basketball. Yeah. But she had such great fundamentals. Like I just get kept it real simple and just one thing at a time. Yeah. And then that's what you get. Yeah. And because like there was no pressure.
0: Yeah. Right. And I think too, like if you can keep the focus on that one thing and not be distracted by all the other things that you want to work on, because let's be real like you like you mentioned the instant gratification of wanting to do something and do it at a very very high level sometimes it's unrealistic when you're talking about the sport like golf right especially if you're a new learner and are just trying to get the the foundations down so you know i think again it just comes down to i think now the expectation for these kids are they need to get instant gratification right away and they need that that, they need that result as fast as possible and you know, I think, you, like you said, setting the expectation from the get-go goes a long way in helping them understand the process that goes behind it.
1: Right. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. So, you know, again, you know, let's, uh, let's maybe kind of transition because I would be remiss not to ask you about Oak Hill in general because, you know, uh, for, for hopefully the listeners that are listening know that Oak Hill is hosting the PGA Championship in 2023. And I know there's been a lot of preparation with the course and in hopes that it's going to be in phenomenal shape, and it really sounds like it is. But maybe kind of tell us, you know, maybe the, the the back end of preparing for a major championship at a country club, and what kind of goes into the whole process of that. You know, especially with you, you know, obviously still doing your instruction and doing all the stuff that you normally know do on a day to day. In addition to now preparing for that PGA Championship, maybe kind of shed a little bit of light as to kind of how that looks, and you know, if it's really kind of changed what you're doing on a day to day to kind of uh, accommodate some of the stuff that's going on.
1: So you you have to have a a big shout out to the members at Oak Hill because they had given up, you know, our East course. They have two courses, the West and the East. So they gave up their East course, you know, to, to be ready for the PGA championship. So they, you know, we had a ton of trees on the course. The course was spectacular to begin with. Yeah. But, you know, to, to watch, you know, a lot of the the trees go down and to, to watch this, you know, develop into what we have today yeah. is amazing. So tomorrow is our opening day
0: yep.
1: and um, the members are just so static to play, to play the course. Yep. So um, they had to give up their course for a good year. Yep. And we were very lucky that they were actually... They finished the project a little early,
0: yeah.
1: or on time, which is very unusual. Yeah. We were lucky that we had great weather. Yep. So the transformation is: they took out a lot of trees. They they still kept them. really. They did a great job of keeping the trees that needed to be kept. Yep, um, and they added a lot of bunkering. Sure, so bunkering and the undulations. They they added a lot of character to the
0: course. Yeah.
1: They had to change a few holes. They went back to more of the original design yep. um, with Donald Ross. Donald Ross, yep. But they, uh, I'm, I'm so excited. So I'm very lucky that I live right on number number one on the East. So <laughs> I had watched this whole process. Thing.
0: <laughs> yeah, and that's um, pretty cool.
1: I am biting at the bit to um, to be able to play the course. So yeah. the greens were also, that's a number number. The biggest thing is they rebuilt every single green. Okay. So I don't know if you know about, you know, Donald Ross was very famous for a little bit more of a square green. Sure. And we have that out there now. Cool. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's very cool.
0: Yeah, I mean, listen, you know, we have um, members that are clients of ours that are members at Oak Hill, and they are really excited about the the look of the East Course. And, you know, I remember, like you said, you know, they – they closed down the East Course shortly right after the senior PGA kind of finished up. And, you know, that's, that's, that's hard to do. And, and then ultimately, you know, you look at if you've got the East Course closed, that means now a lot more people are playing the West. And it just changes the dynamic of the, the club itself, right? So, like you said, shout out to the Oak Hill Country Club members because they, they uh, sacrificed a lot. Yes, we did, and and now they'll reap the benefit of, of having this new course come out and be able to play it. You know, right before, obviously, you know, play it up until you know the PGA Championship comes and and comes in in 2023.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they they are they're very excited, and what a great opportunity to play a whole new different golf course.
0: Yeah, right. I mean, right. I think that's really really cool. Is that you know mm-hmm. here you are you, you you shut down that course for a year and. Now you got a basically a brand new course you get to kind of try out and, you know, especially at the, the, the elite level, which is really uh, unheard of, you know, when you talk about some of the courses we have around here in, in Rochester. So that's pretty neat. And, you know, you have to remember, you know, we, we
1: forget, this is a, this is not a big city, right? you know what I mean? We have this spectacular club, yeah. you know, in And even just even Oak Hill but even the clubs around here like when I moved here I'm such a golf queer yeah when I moved here I'm like are you wait a second like time out like I have how many like three other courses that are just like a stone's throw away yes I mean isn't that amazing like that
0: yeah I think Rochester has a lot to offer for for golf Um, it's unfortunate that our golf season is pretty short uh, because of the weather that we have, you know, like I said, three or you know, a couple of weeks ago, we had snow on the ground, right? So, you know, I think it's one of those things where golfers love being here because there are so many courses, whether it's private or public. There are a lot of courses that the place that Rochester has to offer. And I think that can go a long way in keeping people really engaged with the sport. Um, however long we were able to play it.
1: Mm-hmm. Especially now with um, with COVID. Yeah. You know, unfortunately, these, these kids are not playing a lot of team sports now. Sure. Yep. So I see a lot more kids going out and playing, which is
0: great. That's great. Yeah. I mean, golf is a, a great sport for being able to kind of abide by those social distance rules that we're talking about. Yeah. So, Lisa, let's, uh, let's do this. Let's, let's go back to our segments called called What's in the Bag, right? So we always like to kind of hear what uh, guests on the show are swinging. And, and, you know, obviously with you playing at a very, very high level, I always like to kind of hear what clubs you currently have in your bag. So
1: I I am um I'm Callaway. Okay. I'm Callaway right now.
0: Nice.
1: And uh, yes, and I have to say, you know, that company, the last what, uh seven years, eight years, they've really their technology has really been very dominating.
0: Yeah.
1: So the new clubs out today are the Mavericks. Mavericks, sure. Um, since COVID. I have not received my new club set. <laughs> um, but I but I do love my epic driver. So sure. yeah. I I have my epic driver, I love a four wood over a wow. wood because I can use it a little bit more. Sure. And um, the heaven wood that Callaway has is spectacular. You have a lot of distance and it gets the ball up in the air. Sure. And with my wedges, because wedges is a huge thing, right? Yep. yep. So uh, about 10 years ago, I did a clinic with Tom Watson. Nice. And it was fantastic. I'm sure it was. You know, we're all, we're sitting there. We're just chit-chatting what we want to, what we kind of want to do together. And it was so nice that he and I were on the same page on everything. That's great. Yeah. And (laughs) talking about the wedges, you know, you know, learn to, you know, everybody wants to put a 60 degree wedge in their bag, you know?
0: Yeah.
1: Learn to hit a fifty-eight.
0: Yep. Right. Learn
1: to hit a fifty-eight. You can use that wedge a little bit more than a sixty-degree. Sure. Sure. So um, I have a 58, uh, 54, because you want to do every four. You're looking for every like four degrees.
0: Sure. In yep. your bag. Yep.
1: So you know today, you know we, you know we want to put a little bit more uh, emphasis on the back end of our clubs, right? Yep. So our wedges are really important because. Sure. People don't realize irons, like the, the cast irons now, they're a little stronger.
0: Stronger, yes.
1: So so now that's why we had to put more wedges in. Sure. So back in the day, you know, your your pitching wedge was, you know, probably like um like forty five. Right. Yeah. Where now it's, you know, forty eight. Right. 47, 48. So yeah. now you have that back end of, of
0: the yeah. wedge yeah that's great and I think too you know people think they know have to go the round of 52 56 60 right but like you said 54 58 can be just as good um, if you, if you know how to again it I think when it comes to wedges it's a feel thing you know and I think you have to understand how well you play with those clubs around the greens and on your approaches to truly get an understanding as to well, how, how much loft do you need? How much, you know, spin are you looking for? These are all things that, are, you know, go into the whole fitting process. And yes. I think that's why it's important to maybe kind of get with a professional like yourself who can maybe kind of guide you with the whole fitting process and give you a better understanding as to what works best for your game.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: That's great. So uh, so you've got the Epic Woods. Uh, what about your iron set? Is it, is it um, What iron set do you have, uh, Lisa?
1: So I have the Rogue irons. Okay,
0: yeah, okay. last
1: year's. So I have the Rogue irons. Nice. But I just played with a lady today because she called me up a few um, a few months ago and said, Lise, I need a new set of clubs." So she has the whole Maverick, the whole Bananas. Right. She that ball twenty yards further than than she did like you know.
0: Yeah.
1: Right. Six months ago. So th- those the you know those clubs are. I can't wait. Because as I'm getting older, I need a little bit more.
0: Well, I think that's the beauty of technology, right? Is that, you know, it's one more forgiving and two, the technology on impact allows you to compress the ball a little bit better, which gives you that distance that you're looking for.
1: And, you know, you couldn't have said that 30 years ago. Right. Right. You really, you just couldn't, you you know, you, you used, use clubs. You, you had the hand-me-downs, but unfortunately, and I'm, like, I get emotionally attached to my clubs. <laughs> right. right. So it was hard for me to, like... So, um, in the last 20 years, it, it really was hard for me to, like, no, 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 you you, you got to keep you know, moving up. And, right, uh, right, But that's okay. Because yeah. any, any help is, is well needed.
0: Well, that's the, that's the thing. So, I remember growing up as a kid, I'm a, I'm a lefty, right? And so, there are not many lefties around. And my dad and my brother were both righties. So, my dad always... You know, he would always upgrade his technology and my brother would always get the nice hand-me-downs. And here I am <laughs> with, a, with a, a set of Daiwa's. I had a, a graphite set of Daiwa's, right? And, hey, um, those were I, my
1: favorite clothes, by the way.
0: <laughs> I, still, I still, to this day, um, I will not take it out of my bag. I've got a Daiwa five wood and the club head is literally the size of the golf ball and that's unheard of nowadays, right? But right. I probably hit that five wood better than any other club that I hit in my bag. And, you know, I think it, like you said, it, it, it comes down to comfort. It comes down to feel. And I had that was set probably, probably a little bit longer than I should have, um, but, you know, upgrading technology, it's, it's done wonders. It really has. And, you know, again, here I was, you know, using a graphite set when I should have been using a steel set. And, it right. goes, it's so different. So yeah. you know, I definitely think, you know, the technology now has done a, a lot of great things for golfers to be able to stay in the game and compete, you know, whether you're a recreational golfer or an elite golfer, it allows you to really be comp- competitive at whatever level you're playing at.
1: Yeah. And that that changed, like, you know, 30 years ago, I will, I couldn't have told uh, a fairly beginner player that it's a, it really doesn't matter yeah. right now. Yeah. But now it really makes it easier for sure. a you know a yeah. novice golfer
0: right. you know,
1: to have some success.
0: Absolutely. No question. Okay, so let's do this. Let's do our shotgun round. So I'm gonna ask you a bunch of golf related questions. You're just gonna try and answer as quickly as you can, okay, Lisa? Yep. All right, favorite golfer for you? Arnold Palmer. Great. I mean, can't go can't go wrong <laughs> with Arnie, that's for sure. How about mm-hmm. favorite golf brand for you? Right now, Callaway. Yeah. How about our preferred drink or snack while you're either playing, let's say on the tour, or maybe even now? Like, what what, has that changed for you at all? A little bit, you know. I'm a big water, uh, but when it gets really hot, I
1: have to have Gatorade. Sure. electrolytes makes a huge difference. Yeah. And um, I will eat an apple. I like to have, you know, fruit. Yeah. Um, Keeps me
0: going. Absolutely right. Doesn't really kind of bother the GI too much. There gives you some some energy when needed. That's great. Yep. How about uh? What's your preference, par three or par five?
1: Par three. <laughs> Yay. You nice. know, I just I just came back from playing Pinehurst, the the Cradle. Oh wow! That that par three, the yes. Cradle, the par three, fantastic. That's great. Get a chance. It's fifty bucks, and you can yeah. play it all day. It's fantastic.
0: That's awesome. That's really. I cool. made
1: four four skins, by the way. The two guys I played with, they they got murdered. <laughs>
0: that's even better all right how about a cart or walk walk yeah yeah how about uh caddyshack or happy gilmore of course caddyshack yeah (laughs) all right how about uh, this might be tough for you how about a, a favorite golf memory for you it's not
1: it's not tough at all okay so I, unfortunately, had lost my my father um, to brain cancer. He was only 71. He was in amazing shape, never drank, never ate, ate bad. He always was physically fit. Great player. He went down to Hank Haney um, to go revamp his swing at 71. He was still playing some senior tour stuff, right? Sure. Of course. <laughs> right. And, he came back and um, unfortunately, he um, had a grandma seizure on, uh-huh. you know, he goes, He he was with a couple guys. He goes... He goes. We got to play nine holes before we go home, right? And he's already been gone for a week, right? We got to play nine holes, you know, and that's when that happened, unfortunately. So, about four or five years later, um, I had an opportunity to go fly out to Pebble Beach and play oh. on Father's Day weekend.
0: Oh, that's really cool!
1: And I brought my youngest brother. He's my godson. My youngest brother. He he played professional hockey for five years. but I brought him out with me and we got a chance to play Pebble beach on father's day weekend. I was three under going to the eight. I couldn't even hit hit a bad shot. I mean, I was just so excited to me. That was like God's country. So that was a great round of golf.
0: That is awesome. That is a great story. And again, too, just the fact that it's on father's day, like you can't get much better than that.
1: No, no, it was awesome.
0: That's cool. Okay. How about this? Who's someone you'd recommend we reach out to be a guest on the show?
1: Um, Jeff Rosetta. Um, Jeff, you know, his family, his, his uh, uncle Sam yep. Rosetta was the golf professional at CCR. Yeah. And, you know, he is the, um, you know, he's the head of instruction here at Oak Hill. Yeah. And I think it would be kind of cool because he has a lot of like family history. Yeah. And what, he, what he's doing now with the game is kind of, is a good thing.
0: Yeah, we just uh Jeff and I just actually just connected on uh, through social media. So it, it's funny that you kind of mentioned his name. We'll definitely have to get him on the show and see what we can do to kind of make that happen. Yep, absolutely. Great. So, Lisa, let's finish up with some words of wisdom. So, you know, let's let's talk about the junior golfer again, because I think, you know, the sport of golf, especially when you're talking about a young age. You know, I've got, I've got my five- and seven-year-old playing. And, again, it's very, very nonchalant. They're playing in the backyard, swinging around. My two-year-old's got a plastic set, right? But I think, you know, when it comes to a junior golfer, maybe for a parent of a junior golfer who's looking to maybe kind of really enhance their ability to compete and maybe, you know, climb that proverbial ladder, right, to be able to kind of play at a high level, you know, what's maybe some advice you would give to them in order for them to kind of get to that point?
1: Well, I, I've seen a lot of parents put a ton of pressure on these kids. Yeah. I think a lot of parents have a tendency to want to, you know, live through their children. And I, I have a lot of parents say, gosh, there's a lot of scholarship money into, into, you know, playing college golf. I mean, we yeah. need to. Yeah. What ends up happening is they end up spending so much money traveling and doing all this travel stuff that they just wasted their whole college <laughs> education. It, it doesn't add up right? right I mean the best way to get a college education is or a, a scholarship is is the books
0: yeah really. right
1: um I think it's a re- reminding it it has to be fun
0: yep
1: it's the biggest thing is has to be fun and it's a long game yep and you know the pr- the pressure does not make a good player Yeah. You know, loving the game makes a good player
0: right. Especially, you know, especially, especially when you start to feel the pressures of maybe not performing at the levels that you're, you're maybe e- either expecting yourself to or maybe someone is expecting of you, right? I think the love of the game really kind of comes out and really kind of keeps you wanting to kind of improve upon whatever you're trying to improve upon.
1: Right, because I, you know, when I, I had taken Lena uh, to a, lot, a few of the AJGAs, and we literally only did two. Yeah. And all these people are like traveling all over the country, and 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 playing in all these events. I only took her to two events. Right, two events her whole entire life. And there is, it's very important to experience other parts of life too. Yeah, because you're only, it's a short season right. being a child, right? Yeah. So I think a balance is is incredibly important. Yeah, and and. And, the, you know, my father played, I think he played reverse psychology on I me mean, because he goes, Oh, you don't want to, no, you don't want to play. And the more <laughs> he said, "Now you don't want to play, the more, <laughs> of course I you want to play. get drawn
0: to it, sure. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. I, think, I think that's a really good statement because I think you're right. The season of, of being a kid is very short. I mean, I'm watching my kids grow like weeds as, as we speak. And, you know, you want to be able to enjoy you know, and instead of putting so much pressure on kids and wanting them to play every tournament under the sun just for exposure standpoint, because we see that a lot too, right? Is Especially now, you know, with all these all these tournaments and all these travel, like you mentioned, the amount of money that people and parents are spending on these tournaments and the travel and the hotels and the airfare. I mean, you're talking about saving for college tuition. <laughs> there's, your, just, there's your savings right there, right? So... Um, I think you're, you're you're dead on when you talk about you know enjoy the game, really just appreciate you know spending some time and having fun while doing it. I think that's a key key component that I think we just have a tendency to overlook a lot.
1: yep and you know parents, parents and grandparents, you know this is a perfect opportunity to spend time with your child yeah because instead of like making them you know play, all these tournaments and it's on them. It's on them. And we're just standing back. Go play with your kids. Yeah. I think you learn so much. Like I learned so much by watching, you know, kids, this is interesting because you know, your kids will swing just like you. Right. Like when I I was at our driving range, I can, I can point out exact, that's your parent down there, right? Because you're, you're swinging the same way. So (laughs) instead of like always like, Total instruction on your kids. Take a lesson, adult, because they're going to mimic you. Yes. Whatever you do,
0: right? Right. No question, and I think that's you know that's not only just for the sport of golf, right? That's that's a, that's a that's a life quality thing. Yeah. You know, like I find my driving. Kids, and- right. I find my kids talking a lot like me sometimes. Like, whoa, what's going on here? So that's I think that's you know I think I think that's a great way to kind of wrap up there. So Lisa, you know, we one we really appreciate your time. You know, for those who maybe want to learn more about what you're doing with junior, your, your junior golf, or maybe just want to reach out, you know, if they have any questions, what's the best way for them to do that?
1: You know what? I just, I think emailing me, I have been, I'm an old schooler. You know, I don't really, I've always been um, word of mouth in yeah, my business. Sure. So I, d- I don't do a lot of media stuff, Yeah. but I am more than happy to, you know, to you can reach out by an email. I can always give you a phone call. Perfect. My, you know, my email is, you know, pro at gmail.com. Perfect. Um, I'm not gonna give you my business, but my that's my personal email.
0: That's great. And I'd
1: love to just, you know, if anybody wants to reach out, I'd love to help out.
0: So, Lisa, maybe kind of you know talk about you know we we kind of touched on it briefly. I know you're from Pittsburgh. Maybe kind of talk about the the, the Scally professional stuff that you've got going on in, in Pennsylvania there. So, if they might might want to check that out. If someone is listening from the Pennsylvania area, you know maybe you can kind of give them you know some ways to kind of look at that as well.
1: So, um, it's Scally's Golf Academy. My brother Chuck and his wife Jill, um, they run an amazing uh, program down there. So. What's wonderful about um, our business is, you know, there's a new. It's it's new now. It's called 36. So what they're teaching is, you know, for, you really should learn from the green back, right? right? Everybody's worried about their tee shots. Learn from forward back. So right. our our facility is set up to learn how to, to play that way. So right. our part three course is, you know, is 50, 60 yards. It's small little postage stamp greens, but they're 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 not they're very difficult. Right, challenging. There's, there's I mean, it's it's not it's not easy. Yeah. Uh, and then you go to the par three course, which is our longest hole is like 210, and it's all undulating hills and water and trees. So it it it's just a great way. So if I had to, you know, it's just a great facility, and the the driving range is you know 250 tees. A ton of golf balls. We've got. What's What's interesting is I, I can't believe they don't have this up here, but our facility in the winter time we put up um, dividers and we have uh, fixated heaters, yep. so you can hit balls outside.
0: Right, it's right.
1: Nice, and warm. So yes. it is nice to be able to watch that ball fly. Right.
0: Yeah. Right. Yeah, instead of hitting a net. <laughs> right. We're
1: hitting a net. Right, right. Right. Or a
0: simulator. Right. Whatever it works. Sir. Right. Right. Yeah. right. Yeah, yeah, that's true, and I think. We are missing something like that here in Rochester. There's no question about that. And um,
1: yeah, it's. No. I think it's a little miss. Yeah, I think it's a little miss. I think you know. I think the clubs now, like for Oak Hill, they did a, a fantastic job. Um, we have a we have a simulator this last year and a half, and now we're putting a second one in because it was that's, so
0: popular. Right. So
1: it's been nice for me to um, instruct because I can I can also have outside clients.
0: Sure.
1: So if anybody wants to come from the outside, yeah, room, that's great. So I do do a lot of teaching That's awesome. um, outside people, which is great. So we're going to have two simulators next year. So we're excited.
0: Very cool. And yeah. I think, too, you know, um, when you talk about that miss here in Rochester, you know, I'm, I'm not exactly sure. You know, I always think about ways to try to figure out how to kind of fill that void. But, you know, I think the, the, the amount of people that are so passionate about golf here. It would be well received you know it's just a matter of figuring out the logistics of how to get it, it here it's
1: and you know what if anybody wants to ask me it's not that hard right <laughs> it's, not that, it's not that difficult because right. i lived it so right you know we have like um you know 12 enclosed you know uh their canvas really heavy plastic we have doors on our yep. our, our individual and it's warm like i right. i'm standing there i i get i you know people start taking off their they have no jackets on by right. the time.
0: Right. But yep. it is
1: nice to watch that ball fly in the air, isn't it? No question.
0: It? You know, getting yeah. a, a true understanding of ball flight versus what, you know, a flight scope or a track right. is telling you or a track man right. is telling you. you know, there's just something different about it. Right. <laughs> well, Lisa, what we'll do is we'll put all your contact information in our show notes so that people, if they want to reach out to you, they can definitely do that. Uh, one, we want to thank you again for your time and we're looking forward to kind of hearing a little bit more about Oak Hill as as the members get back on the East Course. And um, we really maybe what we can do is as as the PGA championship gets a little bit closer or as you know things start to continue to evolve at Oak Hill, maybe we can kind of get you back on the show and you can kind of update us as to how things are going there.
1: I would I would love it.
0: Awesome. I would love it. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So guys, thanks so much for listening to the Pain Free Golf Performance Podcast. We'll catch you on the next one. Hey, everyone. Thanks so much again for listening to this week's episode of the Pain-Free Golf Performance Podcast. If you enjoy the content of this show, we would love it if you would leave an iTunes review to help us grow and expand our ability to provide you with the golf information you are seeking. If you're listening to this show and are dealing with aches, pains, or issues from golf that haven't been resolved, or you're not exactly sure where to turn, then let us know how we can help. Whether you are local or not, you can work directly with us through our Pain-Free Golf Performance Program, which is completely virtual and online. This program is customized to you and your goals of playing your best golf yet. We would assess how well you move to give us a baseline of what you can do, and then based on that assessment, come up with a training program best suited for you. We are offering a special podcast promotion, which gives you access to our program at a reduced rate. You can inquire by going to manaperformancetherapy.com forward slash painfreegolf. Again, MANA is spelled M-A-N-A. So it's manaperformancetherapy.com forward slash painfreegolf. And use the promo code PODCAST when inquiring so we can help you feel better and play better golf. Be sure to tune into next week's episode, and we'll catch you then.